Welcome everybody to episode 19 of Dane Interviews. Today is a special one since I am joined by a legendary guest, drummer for Last in Line, the Dio Band, Heaven and Hell, Black Sabbath, did some dates with, uh, toured with Rick Derringer for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I am joined today by Vinny Apice. He joins us today to mainly talk about the new Last in Line record, Jericho, which is out on March 31st. I encourage everyone to go down in the description and pick yourself up a copy pre-order and on Amazon now. It's on CD, vinyl, uh, get physical formats, people. Come on. Physical formats are the best. <laughs> but yeah, he t joins us to talk about the record and a little bit about uh, the Dio band itself and, and Ronnie James Dio. So I hope you enjoy our conversation, but before that, let's hear a little word from SeatGeek. Hey, let me tell you about SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the web's largest event ticketing search engine. Whether you're looking for concert tickets, NBA tickets, NHL tickets, uh, Major League Baseball tickets, and or NFL tickets, it's all right here. And you can get some really good deals on SeatGeek because on the event mapping the green dots you know you're getting a good deal there but if it's a red dot that's a terrible deal don't buy that one want to go to that concert or sporting event be sure to go to see to get twenty dollars off your first order their site is linked in my description, and again, use code BIGBEAUTIFULDISH for $20 off your first order. Big thank you to SeatGeek. Now, without further ado, let's get to my interview with Vinny Apis. Here we are with uh, Mr. Vinny Apice. How are you doing today, Vinny? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's great Where are you at? What uh, part of? I'm in. Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania, right uh, near Philly. I'm in California, where it's been raining and never-ending rain for the yeah, past I've heard, weeks. I've heard it's like over in California when you get rain, it's like the end of the world over there. I mean, it's raining. Like <laughs> today, it wasn't supposed to rain. It's raining, and for years it's been so dry here you know bone dry and now since the beginning of the year we're just getting bombarded it's amazing yeah it is it you guys from. definitely need rain you're doing some shows over um in california las vegas area right yeah we're just doing vegas and on uh april 1st we play at the hard rock cafe in vegas and that's an album release party for the new album Jericho that is being released on March 31st. And then uh, we got a couple of Midwestern dates. And that's it for this month because we had sort of a problem and uh, with the bookings. And then we go out again in September. We got a whole bunch of shows in September. So uh, that'll be a busy time for us. In between, Viv goes out with Def Leppard, so yeah. we can't play, really. 
Um, yeah, that's great to hear. I've I only I've only seen Last in Line once at um M3, I think it was. Yeah. And oh, okay. uh it was awesome. So I'm greatly looking forward to seeing you again whenever an opportunity arises. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> September, so keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, I'll have to mark that on my calendar. Um yeah. so I wanted to bring this up before we get into all the album stuff. Um, your last name, a piece. You you pronounce it a piece, but your brother pronounces it. No, 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 it no. A no, apathy. Ap sorry, apathy. Ap sorry, you pronounce it apathy. Your brother pronounces it a piece. So, right. where did the that like argument? Almost, it's not really an argument, but well, where did that no, where did that split come from? Well, Carmine used to say apathy, and then in 1976, he's playing with Rod Stewart, and Rod Stewart was confused as to how to pronounce your name as well, because people were saying it all different ways. So, Rod told Carmine, "Well, asked him, well, how do you want me to pronounce your name?" and and Carmine said what are you here and he said a piece okay i'm carmine a piece and then i heard that and i like in 1976 i was playing with rick derringer i said i don't i don't have a piece it sounds like a piece of pizza or something <laughs> so i'm saying what, what my father said is apathy yeah you know so ever since then it's been this question of, the, of our lifetime how do you pronounce your last name <laughs> and our other brother, my other brother, the older brother, Frank, he doesn't play. He lives around the corner from me here in California. And uh, he says a peach. <laughs> That's the Italian way. A peach, a peachy. A peachy so yeah. there's three different pronunciations of this name. Oh, that's Confusing. <laughs> and I always I played, Carmine played with Ozzy. <laughs> and Carmine used to do drum solo in the show, and Ozzy would introduce him, Carmine a piece on the drums. And then years later, I played with Ozzy with Sabbath to yeah. Phil Ward and do the tour. And the first night, Ozzy goes, and Vinny a piece on the drums. I went, oh, shit. <laughs> so the next morning at, in the hotel lobby, I had to tell Ozzy, you know, Carmine says it a piece. I say, apathy, apathy. And he said, <laughs> and I said, yeah. So he and he remembered the next night, that night, he went, Infinity, he was nervous. Apathy, he wanted to say it correctly. Yeah, I needed to make sure that I said it correctly it. too, because I always get I always get confused on if it's if you say a piece or or apathy. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so Great. last so last in line, Jericho is out March thirty first. Um, tell me about the name of the album. Where did that come from? Well, we didn't have a name, and uh, you know, when you don't have a name, it's hard to find a name like for a band, especially these days. Every name is taken. You just got to come up with something crazy, and then uh, it's hard to it's hard to come up with title of the album. Like we had last in line, heavy crown. Andrew named uh, singer Andrew named that, and then um, last in line two, and then Phil suggested this name, and we didn't have any other names, and we thought, well, it's kind of a deep meaning to uh, with the name Jericho, so all right, we'll go with Jericho because we needed to have a name like 
wasted a lot of time. So that's how the name became Jericho. Um, how did uh, how did you guys come together originally? Because of course it is the original Dio band, and when um Jimmy yeah. Bain was with us, it was even more so of the original Dio band. Um, well, so way, how way, did you originally get together? Um, it started like years ago, I think. calling me up uh 2015 was it he said hey jimmy's in uh jimmy's in town i'm in town meaning viv you want to get together and jam It'd be fun you know play some of the old stuff i said yeah so we got together at a rehearsal place the three of us jimmy bain and viv and i and we started playing all the old songs and they're all the songs we knew and it was a lot of fun but we didn't have vocals you know we just played it instrumentally and then yeah Viv wanted to do it again. I thought that was a great idea. So I called Andy Freeman, who was in town. I said, can you come down and sing for us? We're just jamming some Dio songs, casinos of songs. Sure. He came down and he sang them and everybody was blown away. Like, this sounds great. You know, maybe we should do some gigs or something. So our manager at that time, Steve Strange, uh, put some gigs together, one in California. The rest, we went over to Europe and played five shows in England and Ireland, I think it was. And uh, people loved it. And then he was able to get us a uh, record deal on Frontier Records. And that turned into two albums and the rest turned into like a touring band as much as we could uh, with the schedules. And then uh, here we are. So it all it was all natural, you know, yeah. the way it happened. It wasn't what? put down on paper like that kind yeah. of band. Yeah. What was that decision to make original music? Because if you just wanted to play all the Dio stuff, you easily, obviously you could. So what? Well, because uh, what, we got a record deal. We got a record deal. I say, okay, so you got the record deal before you um like made that after, decision. After we played Dio stuff. Okay. We were playing all the Dio tunes and all that shit. And then Steve was able to get us a record deal. So, oh, okay, cool. Well, we could write together. We all write together. We all wrote Holy Diver and Last in Line, uh, even though the credits don't say it <laughs> correctly. So we started writing, and we had enough to record an album, and that's how that came about. Then we started putting those songs in the set, and then Jimmy passed away, you know, unfortunately, and uh, so we had to get uh, another bass player. And we got Phil Susan. So Phil was great because he's from the same era. He's from the same page as us. You know, we know yeah. him from a long time ago too. We all get along, so worked out good. We we're lucky. Yeah. Um, your songwriting process for not just Jericho, but all the all the Last in Line albums. Take me through that a little bit. Is it all collaborative, or do you all? bring songs into the studio and work them up. Tell me how that uh, works. Well, I can tell you how all the Last in Line albums, all the Dio albums, and the Sabbath stuff except one that I was involved with, we jammed. We played in a room together. We put things together that we had, and that's the way we worked. We went in the room. With Last in Line, sometimes we were doing a sound check, live at a place and it sounded great and we got on a riff or some screw let's record it and we recorded a number of things that way 
And then uh, sometimes Viv would be playing by himself in the rehearsal room, not in the, in the dressing room. Go, that's really cool. Record it. We did a lot of that, and then we did a lot of jamming in the room. And that's the way we <clears throat> wrote the songs and put them together, including Holy Diver, Last in Line, all those albums. Yeah. So that's why the songs fit the band so well. You know, yeah, because it's, it's natural. Yeah. Um, Nobody ever came in with a song. Nobody ever came in. Hey, I got this song we got to work on, man. Yeah. This is cool. Never did that. So that that's that's an interesting um way to to write. I've never heard anyone anyone else do that before. So do you consider yourself a songwriter or do you just consider yourself a Well, I'm not know, a songwriter where I can sit down and play the piano or guitar or something. Yeah. But once once we start jamming on riffs and stuff, I'm really good at hearing where it could go or maybe we need another part like this. Um you know, I hear the chords, I hear the changes, and I make my suggestions, you know, so yeah. I'm part of a songwriting team. I wouldn't say I'm a standalone songwriter. Yeah. I, I don't I don't play another instrument, so. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't sound like you have to be, like, you. Are, it sounds like you have to be near your drums, but, like, do you have to be in your studio ready to write? Like, what kind of mindset do you have to be to make a beat? in your head to make what to make like a beat in your head oh it's way beyond that <laughs> um it, it depends you know some of the songs came from i'm just playing a groove on the drums you know not just a simple groove i usually play some crazy ass stuff and then maybe phil will follow me and then viv walks in he starts playing things like that you know and uh I produced a couple of bands in LA, you know, where I didn't play anything, but I could hear the changes where they should go. Um, hear a lot of, uh, you know, like people doing four bar, four bar, four bar, four bar. And let's say, let's change that up a little bit. Let's do a bar two here and then do three times at the end. Let's change up and then change the chords. It's just stuff like that. Cause I was around, you know, I'm around Ronnie. I'm around Tony Iommi and geezer. Yeah pick up a lot of stuff you know ideas that how they put the songs together you know so yeah jericho that you're here to promote there's uh technically four i guess because isn't her the um hurricane i don't know how to pronounce this correctly Is it, i think it's or, Allah. orla or Allah. Orla, yeah Allah, Allah. um that that was on the ep but it's also going to be on this record right yeah it's on the record as well so yeah. technically four singles, but the three singles that have aren't on the last EP that you put out. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit about them. Tell me the the origins and the meaning of the song. Let's start with uh, Do the Work. I can't tell you the meaning of any of the songs. I don't hear <laughs> lyrics. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing. I don't listen to lyrics. The only lyrics I could tell you that, that I know are the Beatles. Some of the Beatles stuff. I can't tell you what rainbow in the dark means. I know Ronnie told me a bunch of times, yeah. but that was 1983. And uh, I don't hear the lyrics. My job is the foundation, the tempos, the chord changes, the, 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 the whatever, the rhythms. That's what I do. And I don't write the lyrics and I don't know what they mean. So 
you're gonna have to ask Andy Freeman that one that question there. So, um, and then we did the remake of the Beatles' the Day in the Life that's on the that's EP, right. and two live tracks that were recorded at festivals in Europe, and that's the EP. So that Hurricane Ola is on uh, on this record. I got it in front of me. Yeah. And so is the day in life. So everything's on this record. Oh, really? Oh, go. okay. I didn't I didn't see that on the track listing. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, all those songs are on here. And there's great artwork on the on the LP. The graphics and everything beautiful. I do love I do love that that um album cover at least. I haven't seen the rest yeah, of the Yeah, so it's a weird but... album cover. At first yeah. we like it, but then it grew on us. Okay, and then you look at it on the uh, LP, and it's beautiful because it's big. You know, you can see yeah. it. So, are are you a vinyl guy? Um, do you have a a, a <clears throat> record collection? I, no, I don't. I don't. I have old albums, actually, a bunch of albums there, old stuff, and I don't actually at this point in my life, I don't listen to that much stuff. I mean, I come across stuff on the internet and things like that. Because my ears are so blown out from all these years of playing, <laughs> you know, so. And I'm always busy with doing this. We're doing, I do sessions here. This is my studio. And uh, so I'm always working. I'm always doing something. And uh, if I come across things on the internet, I'll listen to them and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, the other singles are Ghost Town and uh, House Party at the End of the World. Um, yeah, and also, uh, yeah, Do the Work. Oh yeah, we're doing yeah, do the there's a video for that, and then we're doing uh, uh, "Bastard Son." We're doing a video for that when we're in Vegas, so that's going to be the next video release. Oh, so. awesome, awesome! You know, it's funny because um, when did House Party come out? Like last week or so, something like that. Um, it's funny because House House Party at the end of the world. I don't know if um. I don't know if you're into Mammoth WVH or not, um, Wolfgang Van Halen's band. He came out yeah. with a single yesterday called Another Celebration at the End of the World. <laughs> so oh, I'm really? seeing it. Yeah, I'm seeing a little bit of a pattern here with the uh, End of the World songs recently. Oh, wow. Maybe the End of the World's coming. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I guess so. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> uh, your recording process with Last in Line. Um, I mean, every band that I've, every artist that I've talked to or every every artist that anyone has talked to, their recording process is is all different. So uh, tell me a little bit about yours uh, recording this album. Well, what we do, we do it old school style and uh, we're all in a room together. And when we record these songs, we play them from top to bottom. Um, Everything's recorded that way. We play through the whole song. If we make a mistake or something bum on it, yeah, we'll do it again from the top. And we don't use a click. I'm the click. So there's no click involved, and everything's done live like that. And usually we keep the bass and the drums, and then guitars could be put down better later on. Yeah. Like later on that day, let's say. And then Viv took it away and did it solo separately at his his place. And that's the way we did Holy Diver, Mob Rules, all the big albums. The Humanizer. Uh, 
last in line album so that's kind of the way we did it we didn't use a click we we want it to be the way we play you know so it might speed up a little bit might slow down a little bit but it breathes now that's what makes it uh kind of more organic than playing to a yeah. sterile boom click all the time you know yeah yeah i love i love records that are as as live as can be yeah yeah like the the new sammy hagar record the new slash record newer slash record they were all recorded as live as can be it's just so much better than the the yeah the track records um yeah you kind of you kind of answered a pre uh question that i was going to ask compared to other records you've done is this the same or different no it's it's pretty much the same we we just go in a room we write the stuff together at different times we share our ideas we tried a lot of things tried a lot a lot of crazy things on that record and then um you know like it's recorded as such where it's this is the way we did it in the back in the day you know and it's probably become retro now you know everybody recorded with clicks and cuts and pastes on pro tools and this and that and this and that and now they're probably discovering, well, you can do it old school style, no click, and we play the whole song. You know, there's no pasting it together. So, retro, I guess we can call it retro, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You could. Um, if if Ronnie was alive today, do you think he would still be making new music? Still? Oh yeah, Ronnie loved his music. Ronnie loved his fans. And uh, he loved his music. He wanted to rehearse every day if he could. And one time we came off tour and it was nice. It was summer in LA. I'm laying by the pool going, ah, this is nice. Then Ronnie calls and goes, well, next week, let's start rehearsing. I figure we can go in from uh, 12 to five and then take a dinner break and then go from seven to 11. I'm like, oh, fuck, is that long? (laughs) I don't like rehearsing anyway. <laughs> it's fun, but after a while, it's like, yeah. But we had to write and all that stuff. But we never did that schedule. That was ridiculous. So we usually went in at 2 o'clock to 7. You know, this way you got some time. In the beginning, you got some time at, after the rehearsal to do your own stuff, you know, personal stuff. So, but Ronnie loved, loved music and loved playing. So, yeah, he'd definitely be making music. Yeah. Where did you imag- or, or, immediately, what was I going to say there? Originally meet Ronnie. What are you smoking over there? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm. What are you I'm drinking? Me- oh, I'm drinking water because of my allergies. Yeah. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did you originally meet Ronnie? Uh, I met him in 1980 when they, Bill Ward left the band. They were on tour for the Heaven and Hell album. This is Black Sabbath. And I got a call. Actually, I got a call from Sharon Osbourne first. And she was putting the band together with Ozzy. And they asked me if I wanted to go to England to meet Ozzy to be in that band. And I was a young kid at the time. I didn't even know where England was. <laughs> and uh, and then I asked my brother, Carmine, I said, hey, isn't Ozzy crazy? Because I got this offer. Because yeah, he's, he's fucking crazy. So I turned it down. I didn't do it. You know, I said I couldn't do it. So, uh, 
it was an honor to be asked, of course. Yeah. And then uh, about a month later, I get a call from Black Sabbath. They said, hey, we're in town. We're looking for a drummer. We heard about you. You want to come meet Tony at the hotel tomorrow night? I went, oh, okay. They were in L.A., so it was a lot easier. I went down and met Tony Iommi, and he had one of my albums that I did with a band called Axis, and he liked it. And uh, we got along good, and he invited me down to meet the rest of the guys the next day. So the next day, I go down to rehearsal with my little puny drum set, and I met Ronnie and Giza Butler and Jeff Nichols, the keyboard player. And uh, so they said, what, what do you want to play? I don't know. I wasn't a big Sabbath fan. I liked Sabbath, but I wasn't <clears throat> a fan where I knew every song. Yeah. But I just heard Neon Nights on the radio while I was driving on the freeway. I was driving and Neon Nights came on. Oh, wow, that's a great song. What a singer. That's that new singer they got, <laughs> Ronnie James Dio. I wasn't that familiar with Ronnie. I heard Man in the Silver Mountain. That was about, about it. So I go down and I said, well, why don't we play Neon Nights? Because I, I knew the song started and there was one breakdown in it. And then it continues at that tempo so I can get through it easy <laughs> since I didn't know the exact song. So yeah. we played it and uh, that was the first song we ever played. And then uh, how many years later? That was 1980. Uh, that was the last song I ever played with Ronnie. Oh. It was like the first song the last song the so last from 1980 song. all the way up to 2009 right yeah 2009 so that's 24 yeah. is it that's anyway like that. i'm terrible with math so don't ask me <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's when i met ronnie and we hit it off really well you know he's from new york he's italian i'm from new york but brooklyn new york and i'm italian we like the same foods so it was really cool that we got along so good and Ronnie was really happy. I got somebody in a band that's could relate together with, yeah. with each other. Cause Tony and Geezer were tight, like brothers, you know, they grew up together. So, um, so that's when I met him and, uh, we've been friends ever since, you know, till he passed. So yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it is. I want to ask you real quickly about the, the Dio documentary. Um, in that you were you played some cassette tapes that yep. were just jams. Um, are they able to or are they going to be released sometime so everyone can hear them properly? Well, I have them. <laughs> so that depends. You know, I'd have to uh, talk to Wendy if she wants to release the things I have. I have a lot of, well, you heard some of them on there. They're rehearsal tapes. Yeah. They're rehearsals when we're trying to write the song. And as you could hear that, okay, it starts. Then all of a sudden there's a different chord that wasn't on the final product. And you could hear Ronnie testing the waters with vocal lines. Uh, then there's some in the studio, Rainbow in the Dark, where it's slower. The tempo's a bit slower. And Ronnie sang it a little different. He wasn't quite there yet, you know, with his vocal yeah. line that when it was finished was on the record. So, um, and then I got a lot of Sabbath rehearsal tapes. Um, then I got stuff that we recorded 
like the step we were going to do, like especially with uh, Heaven and Hell, we're going to do this many songs. So we went through the, all the songs. I got tapes of that too. But it's all cassette tapes. I think, you know, they sound okay. Um, but it's not really the sound you're looking for. It's the moment you listening to that gun. Yeah. Wow. I, that's yeah, pretty it's... cool. Like these guys are rehearsing like regular guys. You know, you hear yeah. Ronnie sing something and then he doesn't sing and then he sings. And, and uh, so it's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I, I tried to, I um, started to put them on the computer so they don't go bad, you know. But yeah. actually, they're over there. Box of cassettes says Dio on them. <laughs> I want to hear them so badly. <laughs> I always ran the, I always ran the tape machine. Yeah. When we when we started uh, writing for Mob Rules, we had a tape machine, cassette tape, and I'd record everything. Uh, and those ta those tapes, I don't know where the hell those are. I haven't come across those tapes. Well, I was just going to ask you that. How much of that stuff do you have? That that stuff I haven't come across. It might be buried somewhere in some box. <laughs> but um, I always like when we. We're playing in the room when there was a good jam going on or something. It hit re record, you know, or a riff happened. We hit record, and then uh, eventually we put songs together, and uh, I kept the tapes. You know, I might have given him the Tony here and there so he can work on them, and I don't know. Get to look for those. Yeah. And then it happened in Do too. I had the tapes. You know, same thing. I, I was a tape master yeah yeah um real quick before you go the the last question that i have is about i'm a drummer myself so i love oh, yeah. your style of playing um oh, so who were some influences on you uh when i grew up you know like before led zeppelin it was like buddy rich <clears throat> buddy rich used to be on the johnny carson show and that went on every night at 11.30 p.m. And when I saw they had a thing called the TV Guide, everybody got all the TV listings, even though there were only like five or six channels. <laughs> Buddy Rich is on tonight, so my mother would let me stay up late to watch Buddy Rich. <laughs> and uh, the Buddy Rich, and then uh, a little while after, my brother, obviously, was a great influence. Then Bonham. John Bonham, Mitch Mitchell from Jimi Hendrix, Billy Cobham, uh, just all amazing drummers. And uh, those guys were all lead drummers. And by that, I mean, they didn't just play the two, four stuff. They played and pushed the band and played fills and yeah. creative with their stuff. You know, so I wanted to do that. I'm like, That's the way to play, man. Yeah. That's why when you hear stuff i'm on i don't play it just to be busy but i play a lot of different fills but they're from my soul they're inspired and uh and with dio and ronnie ronnie never said hey you're playing over my vocal line <laughs> he never said that and you know if you listen to it even on jericho you hear andy singing and i'm playing a fucking fill in the middle of a bar <laughs> it just comes out you know yeah and so it's interesting. So that's, uh, I usually say I play fills where no man plays fills before, <laughs> like Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, your fills are like 
in the like become the actual song like when i'm playing for example if i'm playing um uh, straight through the heart i mean like there's yeah. fills all through that song it's it's just amazing oh yeah there's fills. and the beginning fill everybody's what is that yeah and what those are those are replacement triplets and i had a big drum set so what we did was we recorded it going from top the high tom to the low tom then i said let's re overdub the same fill going from the low tom to the high tom so there's a double of the fill and then we panned it like this so it's like an effect and and it was came out so well and it was strong for an intro and and you can't figure out what's going on like what is that <laughs> you know so it was a cool thing yeah but, i uh, never i never knew that that's amazing i started a lot of songs I start this album too. There's some whacked out fill in the beginning, <laughs> Jericho. Some wacky shit. I, I actually, I'd have to listen to it to reproduce it. It was one of these things where I just fucked around and I don't even know what I played. And then it's on the record. Crazy. Uh, the one last question before you have to go because I know you have to go, but stuff pops into my head and I have to ask it real, real okay. quick. Um, yeah. I noticed that you hold your sticks backwards. Um, yeah. Why? Why is that? Is it to get a more a heavier it's sound the on end. the drummed, or, the or is it something else? Well, it's because the other side with the bead, that's for girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say when I do a clinic, and they go, "How can you play like this?" And I say, it's for girls. <laughs> and they all crack up laughing. Obviously, it's not for girls. There's some amazing girl female drummers. And I just started this when uh, I was really young. I don't know why the butt end really appealed to me. And you get a fatter sound, yeah. more wood. You got more wood hitting the drum than this guy on this side and uh i'm trying this tape out i don't know if i like it or not this is this stuff here what's this called drummer fucking i don't know this stuff <laughs> and so this gave me a bigger sound now the thing with playing like this is there's more wood to move mm -hmm. you know you gotta you gotta move more wood than this because this is tapered on this side and there's a little bead and so this is a different sound and a little bit easier to move along fast this you gotta put some effort into it you know so yeah so i don't know i did it as a kid and and i kept stayed with it and i always played that way yeah, just kind of definitely just better, better sound for me. I, I like it. Yeah, and I think your hands. I mean, at least for me, I, I've tried to play with the the butt end of the stick, and it's like you it feels different in your hands, and it's like you yeah. can't. Well, with this way, with the butt end, when you grab it this way, this leaves a little bit of pivot room here. When I'm playing, it move around more. You know, this way is it moves around but there's not a, a, as much room i don't know so this gives it pivot 
but this gives a different sound a little bit different sound you know yeah so yeah bigger the better yeah yeah and also i i would think if you're playing it with that end you're not breaking as much sticks because there's more wood on that side <laughs> yeah so. all right uh, Vinny, i gotta run anyway so. Vinny, I, I i thank you for your time uh everyone go i'll leave all the links in the description uh jericho's yeah. out march 31st look for uh live shows from last in line you said in september um right. and, and also uh, i do a live uh, i forgot but i do a live stream every tuesday 4 p.m pacific time on facebook Vinny Appice, the official and i do it live from here and i play the songs a couple songs then I'll do a little soloing and I'll talk and teach a couple of things. It's fun. I taste, tell stories. And uh, so it's every Tuesday at 4 p.m. And then we do a questions, people that are online. Um, I have my girlfriend, La La Lollipop's her name. And she reads the questions. People know her as La La. And she reads the questions. Hey, this guy wants to know why do you hold the stick the other way? And different things like that. So. Yeah uh it's really cool Vinny Apsi official facebook yeah i wanted to i wanted to add, uh i wanted to ask you about that but i completely forgot thanks for yeah yeah it yeah i'll plug it plug it plug it <laughs> i love doing it it's fun a lot of fun but i can't play black sabbath and dio songs because there's a copyright oh problem. yeah because there's a copyright problem yeah yeah go figure that out <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. i'm on the song so it's co-wrote some of the songs and i can't play them <laughs> Well, I thank everyone for watching and uh yeah while you're down Is there this in the live no 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 it was just you're gonna re tape it and put it on right yep 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 uh don't forget okay. to subscribe and I thank you everyone for watching <laughs>